0: Hello listeners, welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy and I am your host for today's episode. This week I sit down with Andy and Wes where we talk about fasting. What is it biblically? How does the world see fasting? And perhaps by the end of the episode, you may be asking the question for yourself Should I be fasting? Well, sit back and enjoy the episode. It's the AC Podcast. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy, and I'm here today with Andy and Wes. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we doing? Doing great. Good.
1: It's a wet day here in Toronto, but can't complain.
0: Yeah, I mean, I imagine it's probably warmer where you are than I am because right now, my heat isn't working. And I know the prairie listeners are probably like, oh, what is it? Plus three? And the answer is yes. You know what? It's only cold plus is three cold.
1: Cold <laughs> is cold. Thank you. I I've I've been to some pretty cool places. Uh where I went to high school, I was like regularly minus in the minus thirties. It's not that in
0: Toronto. It still feels cold here. <laughs> so Well, my thing is my thing has always been this. It's not like There's a a, a large population of Manitobans that are just outside every single day in minus 30, minus 40, like, oh, well, it's not that bad. No, you're fully bundled up entirely. You have a scarf around your face because too much skin exposed gets, like, roasted as if it was the summer. So don't give me that. Yeah, Steve hides away in his house. He's not going outside. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But before we jump into the podcast, I got to say we have a lot going on at AC. Like our, our staff meetings are, are progressively getting a little bit longer. And it's all yeah. it's all for good reason because we've just been able to to do a lot of things. But Andy, why don't we start with you? Why don't you let people know what what we got going on here?
2: Yeah, a lot lots going on with AC these days. Uh, a big one that's coming up that we just want to let people know about is is heading to Malawi. If you're wondering where that is, it's kind of like in the center of Africa. And yeah, Troy, myself, Max, our new filmmaker, we're heading out. We got grant funding for our newest project, our newest film project, which will be in the area of a theology of technology, which will be premiering in 2025. But we're doing something we've never done before. We're opening it up and allowing people to join us on this trip to, to do ministry, So we're going to be doing a variety of different kinds of ministry. Clearly film will be the key part of what we'll be doing, but along the way, we'll be serving in various capacities. So we open that up and you can apply to come. We'll be heading off uh, around May 9th to the 21st. So we'll be in Malawi for about 10 days and... You can find out all the details about this and see if this would be a, a great opportunity for you. We Space is very limited and we'll have yeah. a few more spaces available. So check it out quick. Go to apologeticscanada.com and you can find out more information and put together an application.
0: Yep. Apologeticscanada.com slash the Malawi project. Yeah. That's so, if you
2: want to go directly there. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. But yeah. you'll find it on the homepage. Yep. And
1: Wes, what, what else we got going on? I keep telling people when they ask what I'm up to, I, or how I'm doing. I just keep saying, uh, I'm f- my schedule is full. You know, everybody's yeah. <laughs> busy. So I've stopped saying busy because I don't know what that means anymore. But it's, it's, it's full. <laughs> my very, schedule very. is full. I, I feel like that, that communicates something more positively than saying, Oh, I'm always busy. But every spare moment of my time is devoted to the Can I Trust the Bible series?
0: <laughs> if I'm not
1: combing through footage, I'm, this is probably too much of a visual for everybody, but the other day I was I was sitting in the bath and I was reading over a narration, timing myself to make sure that it wasn't too long. And my wife Melissa was just like, "What are you? What are you doing? <laughs> like you're just sitting there talking to yourself with your with your phone that is
2: in the, in, bathtub. Bathtub. in the bathtub? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trying to make sure those
1: narrations fit within a time period. Um, keep keep the splashes
0: in the audio, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: But we are. We are very excited to be premiering the Can I Trust the Bible series, which we have, Andy and I have worked on relentlessly. For those that don't know, in last summer, Andy and I, along with a filmmaker, headed over to Egypt and we filmed a bunch of stuff related to the history of the text of the Bible. So we are going to be uh, premiering that this upcoming February, the last weekend of February, February 29th at Columbia Bible College. It's gonna be somewhat of a pre-conference to the main conference over there in Abbotsford. And we're really excited Mm -hmm. to share that with you and have Andy and I sit down and do some uh, question and response alongside the videos. It's being catered by Afterthoughts, which I'm told is great. I've never experienced it, it, but everybody who knows where that is goes, oh, nice. Uh, so i'm assuming that's exactly the response i'll come for <laughs> the dessert. dessert yeah that's right <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's right. so really excited about that uh, upcoming event and if you want to know more about that or where to find the information you can go to dot com and it's on the
2: home page yeah uh, we're actually really looking forward to that and yeah. i gotta say this series is amazing it's a two-part that has just really come together really well, Wes. You've done an amazing job, and I'm I'm looking forward to showing people. Yeah, me too. The project.
1: I'm super super excited for it.
2: Yeah, it's only pushed Wes's hairline back just like a half
0: an inch. So <laughs> that's just he's, he's, it's a proximity that's thing. How you know, it's good. It's a
1: proximity thing being close <laughs> to Andy. Um, it's just kind of <laughs> it, it, it rubs off. I don't
2: know, my- <laughs> My genes are so brutal; they're contagious. <laughs> By
0: osmosis, I'm uh, I'm losing some hair follicles. And this is where Andy's villain arc began. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this shows
2: you how many video projects I've done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No
0: kidding. But oh my gosh, uh, yeah. So everyone, make sure you're paying attention to those things. You can always head to our events calendar on our website. We got a lot going on. There's a there's a couple events coming up um, at the time of this recording that are actually going to be held at Northview Community Church. So. Just make sure you stay in the loop, pay attention to our socials, lots going on.
2: Yeah. On that note, maybe I should just say quickly as we get into our, our topic that we I've been doing this thing called Question Christianity for a while, where if you got questions, you know somebody that's got questions, we're going to be running that series again out of North U, starts up next Wednesday. What What is that? Does anybody got a calendar on them? Next Wednesday is the 31st. The 31st. Fir- just- January 31st. Yeah. You can find more information on about it on our website or North U Community Church's website, but... Love to see you out for that. That was just a freebie. Wasn't supposed to promote that, but did it anyways. <laughs>
1: How is next week, January 31st?
0: Yikes. Yeah, exactly.
2: I
1: know. I exactly.
0: know. We're going to get into today's episode. Today's podcast, we're actually talking about fasting. I'm really excited for this conversation for, for a number of reasons. One of them being that I'm actually in the midst of a corporate fast with my church. And so it's very fresh and at the forefront of my my thoughts. And But I also know that... This is also one of those those topics that can cause like a, a little bit of discomfort for some people or, you know, it's just something that's not talked about a lot. And um, so I, I think the best way would probably be to start off with um, just sharing Andy West, your guys's personal experience with with fasting.
2: Well, fasting is something that, interestingly enough, doesn't get talked a lot about in the church, or at least not from my experience when I first started going to church. But I eventually was introduced to it in high school at a youth event called the 30-Hour Famine. So that was kind Mm -hmm. of my introduction to fasting. I'd really never heard about it. And I'd actually say in many ways, I would make the argument, guys, that that's actually not even biblical fasting. That's just denying yourself food to identify with poverty is what I would say the 30-Hour Famine is doing. And you guys can disagree with me if you like. But No, I 100% agree with you. Yeah, because yeah. I think maybe it'd just be good just to clarify when we're talking about fasting, you know, biblical fasting. We're talking mm-hmm. about def- you know abstaining from food for a spiritual purpose. Yeah. I think the thirty-hour family is you know abstaining for food for you know the purpose of understanding poverty. It's honestly
0: a monetary purpose to a certain degree. It's uh, I spent some time working with a couple of yeah. organizations where we would help high schools do that, and during the in the midst of that, it was always
2: around a fundraiser. I, you know, I think that's a good point, uh, Troy. It, it, yeah, that, it's fasting. It's a fasting fundraiser, yeah. really. But one of the things that was interesting about my introduction to it was how, you know, weak I am. I, I failed at it every year. Even when <laughs> I became a youth leader, I failed at the third hour famine. And then when I became a youth pastor for a couple years, I I, I did the third hour famine, and I failed every year. And it happened the same way. It would always happen at night. You know, I had gone without food and I'd start to talk myself into, you know, drinking some water. And then before I knew it, I'd be like, oh, maybe you should just eat some ice cubes. And then the next thing I know, I've got just a buffet in front of me and I'm just like (laughs) gorging on food. Like it would happen the same way every time. And I just felt terrible. I'm like, I'm a youth pastor and I can't, I can't pull this thing off, man. And then the next day you
0: got to look him in the eye. How was everyone doing with the fast? I'm doing so good this year. Great. Great. Any other testimonies apart from mine? Anyone like me in here?
1: There's this really funny video of, uh, there's this, uh, of all things, a Muslim talk show where you can phone in and ask uh, an Imam a question. And there was this really funny one that I've seen passed around a couple of times where the guy phones in and uh, it's during Ramadan when um, Muslims uh, mm-hmm. fast for the yeah. period of 30 days. And then, uh, the so this person calls in, he says, uh, Imam, I, uh, I'm i wondering if I broke my fast because I fell uh, and I I ate a shawarma. And the guy's like, <laughs> excuse me, you fell? And he's like, yeah, and uh, a little bit of hummus. And it's just like... <laughs> Like uh, yeah no that's that's definitely that's definitely
2: not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably clarify that during Ramadan they they fast just during just during the day the day yeah day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and on that it's actually like sun sundown right yeah
1: yeah sun up to sundown so that's actually a good transition because we were talking a little bit about fasting last week Andy Steve and I and I I failed to remember that. I used to, when I was in university, I would do a lot of outreach with my Muslim friends. And during Ramadan, I would actually, uh, a couple of years, I would fast while my Muslim friends fasted during the day mm. in a way to just kind of not only relate to them, but also I thought, you know, they're they're showing such a level of devotion, although I think it's largely uh, legalistic in in their instances, but... Uh, why why wouldn't I do that? I, I'm passionate enough about their salvation. Uh, why don't I also fast and pray that God would honor that level of devotion by actually revealing himself to them? the the the, mm, the true cool. God. So there were a couple of years. I didn't I certainly didn't do it every year, but there were a couple of years where I would fast and actually we would get to together and we would uh read the Quran together. Um and I would try to use that as a as an opportunity to to bring up some spiritual things. So yeah. I that, cool. that was a number of years ago. More recently, although I did I do remember the 30-hour famine, World Vision's 30-hour famine as well. Although yeah. I don't think I ever participated. I just remember it being a thing. But more recently—
0: And then it ended with pizza. Yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. Yeah, ended with pizza. <laughs> uh, more recently, our church—so we meet every Wednesday for small groups. But one Wednesday a month, usually the last Wednesday, we meet as a church and meet at the church building and have a prayer service— And over the last couple of years, we've not, it's voluntary, but uh, fasted during that day and then broke the fast that evening when we uh, would come together and pray together. So I've, I've fasted a number of times. And we actually just had a sermon series between our end of our last series and the beginning of the new year, we ended the book of Luke. There's a period of time where we did uh, some stuff with Christmas. And then we had a couple of sermons on spiritual disciplines and one of them was fasting. So I actually only maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago, heard a sermon on fasting. So, but I agree with you, Andy, I don't think it's talked about as much as it should be from, from places like the pulpit.
0: Yeah. Uh, I know for me growing up, Fasting was never something that I was unaware of. I know my dad very intentionally over Easter. Um, I can't remember if he would do it for like the Friday to the Sunday or if it was just on on Good Friday. If, hmm. I remember specifically he would fast on Good Friday for sure, and then after our Good Friday service, that's when he would he would eat. And he always explained it to me in that he was essentially la- being able to lay down his flesh for the sake of recognizing what Christ. What Christ did for us and it was never something he ever you know pressured but he would always encourage like if you would like to do it this is how this is how to do it and you know it it was something that always has been in my mind it's always something that I I thought about but then in my as I grew up the different churches that I went to there was a couple that would do um I remember when I was in Bible college there was one church I was a part of that did a a corporate fast and Every single day there was a different, you know, there was a different prayer point and they just kind of said, hey, this is what we're fasting. This is the prayer for today. And we're going to fast until this period of time. Uh, They had a theme and a subject. And and so, again, it was something that it was like, oh, that's really cool. I'd never I'd never seen a corporate fast like that done before. I'd always seen it as individual, but it it was always something that I wrestled with and was challenged with just because. I hadn't done enough, like, actually reading a scripture about fasting. And then you fast forward to now, the the church community that I'm a part of has been very intentional about fasting um, corporately, but also encouraging you throughout the year. Why are you just waiting for the corporate fast? There, there's things in your life, there's things that God is trying to, you know, wants to to bring your attention to now. Stop waiting for the church to fast and, and make that decision. And so it's something that has been very well taught in the church I'm a part of now is something that is... is frequently recognized and actually we're in the midst of one a 40-day fast right now. Now, the beautiful thing about that is with wisdom, we have some health professionals that are teaching us how to do this in a, you know, the proper way cuz the the goal is to fast, but it's also to make sure that you're doing it in a way that is not going to put you at risk because quite honestly we're not we we're, we're not Jesus who was able to just like 40 days nothing. But and so that's been something that's been really beneficial for for me. Yeah, I think a proper uh, understanding of fasting can be really
1: mm-hmm. beneficial and um and uh helpful.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It is, it is interesting on the flip side to that Troy. I I agree it is it is important to do things you know in a right way and being careful about it from a health perspective, but it, yet at the same time I'm continually amazed at how long the human body can in fact go without food. Yeah. That Going forty days, for example, I used to think that was not possible. Uh, That's absolutely possible. We, you know, yep. you can you see that happen all the time. Even when you watch shows like Survivor, those they go with very little food for forty days, just shy yep. of forty days. But I've seen on shows like Alone where people go, you know, forty days, absolutely with no, yep. with no or very little food. Yep. And so it's ab- it's possible. And I'm just bringing that up because I'm saying, you know, I think some people are worried about going a day without food you know, how, how's that going to affect me? Sort of things like, well, you'll be okay. <laughs> you, you'll be okay. Your body's a lot tougher than you think it is. Yeah. But there, there is the, the, you know, the question about, well, what, what is the purpose of fasting? What is it uh, achieving in my life? Because there's, I mean, you could just go on a diet, right? I mean, that, that, that's one reason why people stop eating or fasting. Yeah. But from a Christian perspective, we're asking, okay, well, why, why am I fasting? And Troy, I, I want to, uh, you know, just ask because I mean, you've been just recently yep. fasting and whatnot. Like, what what would you answer to that? Like, what what's the what's the purpose that's taking place, and what have you received from it?
0: Yeah, um, well, one of the things with our church when we do a corporate fast is we we have a theme that kind of is just kind of an anchor point for everybody. But then there's also the encouragement to really seek after the Lord. What is what does that look like? for for you and so this time around our church was focusing on where it says in Matthew 17 Matthew 17 20 to 21 it says so Jesus said to them because of your unbelief for assuredly I say to you if you have faith as a mustard seed you will say to this mountain move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you however this kind does not go out except by praying and fasting and our church was focusing on the this kind recognizing that there are some things that we have been praying to God about and to and for. And there's the reality that God has heard your prayer. He's heard what you have been asking of him, but this period of fasting, what it can do for you is actually change your perspective on that, that situation and that scenario. And really we, we kind of gave a coined a phrase to really help put people's minds in the right perspective is like, you're going without to go within you're going you're going without food, not just for the sake of just going out without food, but you're doing that so that you can really let God get into those inner places. Because there's nothing like fasting when you're hangry and to to really show you um, where your attentions go. Because some people on the fast, they'll get hungry and then they'll start talking about all the things they can't eat instead of, wow, this is a reminder and an opportunity for me to be praying about these things that I've actually really cared about, these things that I have been you know, really going after the Lord for. And so what it's really done for me is it's actually changed my perspective about what my, about what my prayer life has been in a, for a lot of years. The, something about fasting and praying has, has a way of reorienting your, your desires, your passions, the things that, that I want versus, man, I'm actually believing this for somebody else. And the challenge has always been, and I've even said this to other people, is like, you care that deeply about that situation. Have you fasted and prayed about it? Most people will say no. Then I'll say, Mm. well, then clearly we don't care enough about it. So that's really what it's done for me is it's actually established what do I actually really care about and what are some things that I'm just passionate about today? Yeah, I've been thinking a lot
1: about that lately in terms of fasting in the sense that the goal is not to feel hungry and suffer so that God will be impressed by your suffering. The hunger serves the higher purpose of why you're fasting. And yeah. one thing I've been thinking about recently is, is there ever a time I need prayer answered more than I need lunch? Or is there ever a time when I need or, or, or desire someone to come to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ more than I want a meal? And I think mm-hmm. that's when fasting comes into play. But it's a spiritually yeah. motivated move, which I think you've articulated well Troy with with how you have been feeling going into and participating in that the method of the discipline should be moved by your motivation to want to draw closer to God and devote yourself in prayer it's not a a mechanistic way of getting your prayers answered that if you you know you Troy fast there's some type of coercion that gets your prayers answered that's you know moralism that's a theology of works you're not manipulating yep. God, but it's working in a way that really highlights your vulnerability and shows in in devotion, you know, this is something I, I care about. Cause what other spiritual discipline affects the body more than fasting?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me when Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter five about hunger and thirst after righteousness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And fasting has this way of thrusting food upon your mind constantly if you've ever been hungry you know it can it, it just captivates you yeah and particularly if you ever see somebody i was just watching actually survivor last night i was watching an old episode and this, this this lady just got kicked off and she was like so happy to being kicked off and she like looked at the camera and she's like i am so hungry <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, like she, she had just gone like she was like it was like day 30 or whatever yeah but i but when you're hungry you just Keep thinking about food. It's just like it's just overwhelming, and yep. and one of the one of the things that you can do with that is you can actually use that as a mechanism to be mm. mindful of: Hey, do I think about God like I think about food, and do I hunger and thirst after righteousness? Yeah, and in that sort of way, and then taking those moments when hunger and food is thrust upon you, and going, "Hey, this is a reminder to me." That I need to bring this. I I have this issue that I'm bringing before the Lord in prayer, and it, and it's kind of like a reminder to you. I'm I am I am praying. I'm bringing yeah. this before the Lord. It,
0: it's funny you say that, like quoting Matthew five, because right then after Matthew six sixteen to eighteen, there's instructions of like, okay, you've made the decision to fast, but this is how you should do it because some of you guys are putting on a show, mm-hmm. and and it says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. For they disfigured their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. Clean yourself up that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And I've actually ran into this a few times. You know, family is around or I go visit a friend and they say, hey, you know, someone I haven't hung out with for a long time. Like, hey, man, you want to go out and have a meal and this and that. Some people ask me, they're like, oh, well, do you break your fast? And honestly, thankfully, in 2024, specific to, you know, depending on what type of fast you're doing, there are absolutely ways that you can still enjoy a meal with a friend without breaking your fast. But on the other side of it, for for listeners who might be listening, God is not sitting there like, oh, oh, okay, it's over. <laughs> you were so close. You, you were so, so close, but that mozzarella. mozzarella got you.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, like, it, and so this is just my my encouragement to people. It's just like we have made fasting we, and I think Wes, you touched on this briefly. We have made fasting very legalistic. It's not like God all of a sudden loves me more because I'm fasting more. But I I guarantee I'm going to hear him differently when I open up his word when I've been deciding to deny my flesh like that is. That's Bible, but the, the legalistic side yeah. just happens too easily. And
1: let's not forget that fasting is something that's talked about and encouraged and even in cases prescribed by scripture. Like this is a this is something that God has called us and encouraged us to do. And I think the attitude is so important in the same way that when we look at the sacrifices in the old testament, and then in Hosea, in Hosea six, when God says, I don't want your sacrifices. They're they're evil to me. Yeah. And you yes. can read that incorrectly in saying that God doesn't want sacrifices, but that's not that's not the case. What God is saying is, I don't want you to do this for the sake of doing it. Like I just, I don't want yeah, it to exactly. be turned into this uh, legalistic, mechanistic thing that you're doing because you think that I'm like the pagan gods of the other nations, and you can just spell me off. You can coerce me. You can just give me a little bit of food and I'll, I'll be okay. Now, that's not why I'm doing yeah. it. And that's why it's so important that you have this perception that fasting is done for a God-centered sacrificial purpose. Otherwise, it's just going to become miserable. <laughs> like, it's just going to become like yeah. the people on the shows you're talking about, Andy.
2: Yep. There, there's a great passage in uh, Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 9, that Jesus makes this point that you guys are are getting at here, and he does so powerfully with regards to fasting. And he says to to some who were confident of their own righteousness, setting it up, and look down on everyone else, Jesus told this story. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Mm. So I think that's a big question you got to be asking, right, is what is the motivation behind what I'm what I'm doing and do, do I have the right heart going into this particularly with something that's so outwardly or could be like fasting?
0: Yeah. And I think it's just an opportunity to really it, like fasting. What it did for me is it exposed, I would say the repetition in my prayer life. And I think I touched on this briefly earlier because when you're intentionally fasting day after day, you start to realize, man, I, have I been asking God for the same thing over and over and over? But fasting, what it does is it actually is like, God, what, is you, what are your desires? What Like, actually, what do you desire for my life, for this situation? Because I think sometimes we always go to God with our, what we want and our questions. But fasting, a shift happens when you're actually really committed to it, where you start realizing, I I actually have not been just waiting and sitting and paying enough attention to actually what God desires for X, Y, Z. In Exodus 30, 34, 28 says, so he was there with the Lord, talking Moses. He was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water. And and then and he wrote on the tablets, the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Moses went there for what God desired for his people. And maybe this is a, a challenge for leaders. Right. Is you're, you're leading people and maybe you've come to a season where you're like, I don't really know what direction I'm supposed to go in. I don't know. I don't have a vision. Right. Habakkuk 2-2 says, write the vision, make it plain. And some leaders are like, I don't have a vision to write down. Mm. Maybe this is an opportunity for you to be to go and fast. And maybe it's just a week. Maybe you're just abstaining from social media. Like you can really fast from anything. That mm-hmm. is taking your attention and your time. It's not always food. The reason you see food so often is because that is very that is one that is going to affect everybody across the board. Some social media is not a big deal, but food for everyone because it's your flesh is actually going to challenge you. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's that's a really good word, Troy. And while you were talking, it reminded me of um, Psalm thirty-seven four, which says, "Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart." And I think we can read that yeah. inaccurately and say, you know, I'm praying for something and God's not giving it to me. And I think mm. what is meant there is that when we're living our lives sacrificially in the way that God intends us to, the desires of our heart are going to be what God's desires are. And so exactly. in that sense, it's exactly. not, hey, God, can I please have a Lamborghini? That's the that's 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 a fleshly desire, right? <laughs> I need right? it for my yeah. ministry. I need, I've been praying
2: that one for a long time. Listen, I got to get places. And I got to get there fast. <laughs>
0: fast (laughs) because
2: there's souls over there Yeah, that's right the nissan's not cutting a
1: god i need a lamborghini um unless it's a nissan gtr that's the one nissan i do need no we're
2: yeah yeah, uh, talk about and so we can go and so i i
1: think that's what's being talked and you know when when jesus says uh if you pray anything in my name i will give it to you it's like the same sort of idea it's aligning ourselves in such a way that the desires of our heart are God's desires, and so therefore we're not we're not mm-hmm. disappointed when God says "No" or God says, "Wait," because we yeah. are delighting ourselves in who God is and His good intentions and plans for our lives.
2: Mm-hmm. Guys, when you say another aspect too uh, that we've kind of touched on a little bit about fasting that I think is an important one is is that fasting has a way of humbling. Us as few things can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really reminds you of how needy we actually are, how mm-hmm. vulnerable we are, and and it also reminds you of how broken mm-hmm. you are, mm-hmm. because when when we don't have food, it does have this way. Of showing what's really going on behind the scenes, like what does the status of my heart really look like? If you want to know what a person's actually like, it's interesting. I've I've done a number of missions trips over the years, and I would tend to have missions trips only last about ten days because I knew that that's about how long most people can keep it together, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Once you go past ten days, uh, you really start to to see you know, what people are can be like or what's going on. It, it, there's a good reason why Survivors is entertaining as it is, right? They're, they got a group of people throwing them on an island and removing all their food and comfort. And guess what? You get drama and you get a lot of drama. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to so be. So this way. Of it's easy to be at your challenging. best yeah.
1: when you're at your best, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: That's why when I read about the Israelites, you know, in Exodus, I have a little bit of compassion for them because, you know, Exodus 14, they're just like, did we not tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. They were, they were hungry. Yeah, <laughs> they were hungry. Yeah. Like, forget that slavery <laughs> so stuff. Hungry. We had
1: cucumbers in Egypt, and you're like, really?
0: Yeah. <laughs> the cucumbers?
1: Yeah. That's what you're thinking about yeah. right now. And it's like they're just so hungry that they're, they're just so right. Hungry. Moses, I think that the text uh, says that Moses is just frustrated with their grumbling. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. what we do when we get hungry. We grumble.
0: Can't remember what passage it is, but there's. Uh, it's, I think I feel like it's one of the prophets, but his instruction when he's speaking to God is it, just like he's complaining about something, and God says, "Eat and take a nap."
1: Yeah, that's Isaiah. Or sorry, no, no, Elijah, Elijah. It's Elijah. Okay. At the, okay. At the the, the book of Carrots. Sorry, uh, I I meant to say the right person, but said the wrong person. The story of my okay, life. Eli- oh
0: yeah, Elijah.
2: I was just going to say story of my life. That's that's (laughs) going to be the
1: name of my biography. Wes meant to say the right thing, but said the wrong (laughs) thing.
2: (laughs) Right, right, right.
0: (laughs) But I just, I see situations like that and I read it and I've actually had, needed that in my life. Mm. Like Like, just being fully transparent, I've had days where I'm just feeling bombarded and I'm just like, oh, life is so hard. This and that. And then Jasmine's like, babe, I think you're, I think you're hungry and tired. Yeah. And I'm like, I just, I just don't know, and it's almost like he just shoves food in my mouth. I'm like, oh, I just, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> the, I'm okay.
1: the word I'm for uh, nap. the the word for <laughs> complaining <laughs> and grumbling in Greek is the word moo. and I've always thought that that That's sounds amazing. like what you're going through. You're just a ball of gungus <laughs> I'm, I'm like, feeling,
0: I'm feeling like
1: moo today. Yeah. I'm gonna
2: get that tattooed somewhere. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. You know, I had, I had a very interesting. Like discipleship moment happened to me as a young man when I became a Christian, I I was all gung ho about my faith, right? And I said, (laughs) "Lord, I'll go, I'll go where you send me." And yeah, I wasn't gungus more. (laughs) (laughs) It's all gung ho, right, about my faith. And I went on this missions trip with uh, this this uh, the leader of this organization that was putting it on. The ministry is called Delta Ministries. They're out of the United States. Love them dearly. Brian Hirwagen is the is the guy who uh leads it. He became a, a mentor to me, but I, I'll never forget what happened when I came on this trip. We were heading to Argentina to hike the gospel into the Andes Mountains. And and part of the training was was him, you know, I remember, I'll never forget. It. He looked at me and he said, Andy, on this trip, uh, I don't want to hear you complain. And uh <laughs> and uh he said it very matter-of-factly, and but he talked about it in a way of discipleship as a as a disciple of Jesus you need to control you need to learn to control yourself and i'm going to help you and i tell you man it had a huge impact mm. on me because i i realized as i went into that and there were moments of lacking food lacking sleep lacking comfort mm. right where you start to come out like the the issues that you can hide in comfort start to show themselves and it's this moment where the lord can come along you know side you if yeah. you're willing and be like we can work on that we yeah. can begin to look more, more like Christ. And that was the purpose, of course, was that this was a discipleship moment, but it is interesting in our culture. We don't talk a lot about that. We, we tend to be a culture that seeks to avoid discomfort at all costs Mm, and not to take those moments as an opportunity to align ourselves more like, like Jesus. And I got to say, as a young Christian, that had a, a huge impact on the trajectory of my life and what it looked like to be a a servant leader. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was reading um, 3rd John recently and felt a little bit convicted because 3rd John starts off by John saying, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. And what he's saying there is like, as as healthy as you are spiritually, I pray that you're that healthy physically. And I remember thinking like, Mm. ugh. Like I am, there. There are certainly times in my life when I am more physically healthy than I am spiritually healthy. And if um, yeah. someone said that to me, I think it would be more of a curse than a blessing. <laughs> you know, I, mm. I I pray that you are as physically healthy as you are spiritually healthy. It's like, oh no, you're like I, <laughs> I'm someone who prides myself on being physically healthy, but yeah. have periods of time where my spiritual health is neglected. And something like yeah. something like fasting can highlight that. You know, where where are my priorities? Where are your priorities, Wes? If Paul wrote to you and said, hey, as spiritually healthy as you are, I want you to be that physically healthy. Like, no, I wouldn't want him to say that. And so that just highlighted for me that something, a spiritual discipline like fasting, which is really the only, I think I already said this, but the, the one that highlights your body is the one that impacts your body. You know, prayer, silence, um, all of these other spiritual disciplines, they don't impact you in the same way that, that fasting does. and so it, it's a good opportunity to say, okay, let's align that. <laughs> let's align yeah. something like the vulnerability of my physical health with potentially the vulnerability of my spiritual health.
0: It's really cool. It's really cool you say that because it, it again, like there's I, what I love about this topic is there's so much biblical depth to it, like there's so much around all of it right it's not sometimes you, you know sometimes there's topics that are very obscure you know but just as you're talking again it's my encouragement for people is is uh, like as wes is talking about you know fasting and paying attention to his spiritual health is that everyone's spiritual walk is going to look different in different in different seasons and I, and I think our encouragement can be found in exodus 16 again where you see god gives them manna and one of my favorite parts of this is where it says those that picked up little had more than enough mm. those that picked up much didn't none of it went to waste, and it's just really cool because they're instructed to just whatever you get finish it all because tomorrow i 'm going to have something brand new for you and and that'd just be my encouragement for people
2: on that note, I think it's important to appreciate about spiritual disciplines is that there are certain ask, but there are certain ones that are going to impact you more than others. For sure. Uh, I call this kind of like your spiritual batteries. When your spiritual batteries are depleted, uh, you need you need to figure out what recharges you. And, and I think that it's just important to appreciate is that fasting might—you might not be able to fast. There might be actually health reasons why you aren't allowed to fast. Well, that doesn't mean that you can't be involved in spiritual disciplines yeah. and you can't, you know— uh, do do other things, as you mentioned, Wes, from solitude to, to praying and the like. But one thing that I would just encourage people with is to, to really know yourself and to know what are those areas that, that do fill you up that you know that you need to be plugged into. Yeah. Like, so for example, for myself, fasting isn't as important to spiritual discipline for me as solitude is. Mm. But that isn't to say that we can't participate in those things and grow in our faith, even in those areas that maybe aren't as meaningful to you, but can do that in a way that that does challenge your faith and does grow you to be more like Christ yeah. and more reliant on the Lord as you walk with him. So I, I just I kind of I bring that up because I don't want people to walk away from this going, oh, I got to fast. Yeah, it's like, well, uh, maybe. But maybe not
0: yeah I, I think I think the last the last thing I would say is i as we've been talking about fasting, I can't stress enough the importance of coupling that with prayer, mm-hmm. Just abstaining is not going to is not going do it for you, and you can't you honestly can't take any steps forward again and unless you you really start pursuing a consistent, consistent prayer life, yeah, well, thank you, listeners and viewers for joining us on this week's episode of the a c podcast make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube obviously as well as on your favorite streaming platforms because we put up weekly episodes and we really enjoy doing it it's been uh, we, we've been off to a, a hot start this year but uh, make sure to tune in next week when we find more things to think about if you have any comments or questions feel free to reach out to us at info at apologeticscanada.com. once again if you're interested in the Malawi project or any of the things we have going on at AC head to our website ApologeticsCanada.com. But you know the drill, you know the motto. Until next time, love God, love people. Bye for now.